0: Welcome to the Art of Wellness podcast. I'm Kara Reitz. I believe that each individual is an artist and that wellness is not defined by any one method or practice, but whatever you do that makes you show up in life as your best self, unique to you, to curate your life like the work of art that it is, speaking your truth. Here we will talk about everything from following your life's passion to how we are treating ourselves in mind, body, and spirit and how this all connects to the deeper world around us, and the beautiful work of art that is life. Hello beautiful people, and welcome back to the Art of Wellness Society podcast. It has definitely been a minute since my last new episode, I know, but we are back. I'm excited to be back, and we are back and better than ever, because I am bringing on a very special guest today, Katine of the brand ECNU, and also the host of the Lows to Highs podcast. She is a beautiful soul. She is an all-around visionary, creative writer, and of course founder of the very successful brand ECNU on Instagram. Go check it out. It is stunning. Her writing is amazing and she's so inspiring. I actually had to go ahead and split this episode into two parts because we covered so many different topics and we talked about some powerful stuff that I honestly just could not bring myself to cut a moment out. So this week's episode will be part one and then next week part two will be released. I so appreciate Cotting coming on and being so vulnerable. We discussed Things like opening up to the present moment, how to leave space for the low moments in your life, the conditioning that we have around negative emotions, and how sometimes we're actually nostalgic for our past life, even if it was not serving us anymore, and how to actually move through that into the better version of your future self. We talk about awakenings and integrating those awakening moments into actionable moments in your life and really the power of inspiring yourself. Katine's brand is rooted in being present and being a better version of your old self and loving yourself unconditionally and that loving yourself is enough. We talk about all these things and I think one of my favorite things we also discuss is tapping into your childlike self, which is actually also your higher self, and how that self is never that far out of reach. I do not want to give it all away in this intro because this episode truly does say it all, and Cotting's soul truly shines here, and I'm just so excited for you to hear her story and about her. So be sure, as always, to comment, and please let me know your takeaways from this episode and this conversation. I love hearing from you, and so without further ado, here is Kadeen of New. Hi, Kadeen. It Hello. is so nice to have you on the Art of Wellness Society podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you.
0: Me too. I would love for you to introduce yourself in really whatever way that you feel called to.
1: Amazing. I asked the same thing to my guests and I never realized how big of a question it is. How do I describe myself? So my name is Katine I'm 25. I live in New Jersey and my main job is I work in Advertising at a creative agency in New York, and then my side hustle is ECA New, where I'm a writer, creator, um, and I'm essentially just an online creating an, a lifestyle brand online on Instagram, TikTok, etc. You're not busy at all. <laughs> not at all. I don't no. know how I'm doing it to be honest.
0: Well, I wanted to bring you on because you really embody what art of wellness society what my brand kind of stands for, which is curating your life, like a work of art. And I feel like you are doing that and have done that so beautifully. I would love to start by kind of talking about your brand and how it all came about, because it's just, if you go to her Instagram, the ECNU Instagram, it's just such a beautiful space for overall creativity. There's everything on there. So I would love for you to kind of tell us about the meaning of the brand and the story of it and how it kind of came about. Yeah, well, first
1: of all, thank you for the compliment. That means so much because I pour my heart and soul into it. And so I'm, I'm happy to hear that it's resonating with you. Um, so I do want to go back to before I even started New because- mm-hmm. As a young child, I was always super creative. Um, I tried so many sports and different activities, but my favorite thing to do when I was young, when I was like eight years old, was just sit on the room in my floor and draw and paint and design clothes. And ever since a young age, I always had this entrepreneurial itch. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout you know, my early teens, I kind of just like dabbled in a, a lot of different things, But it wasn't until I was 16 years old where I started to fall in love with poetry and writing and books. And growing up, I never was a reader. Like I wish I loved it. And I wish I could say like, oh my God, I read so many books when I was younger. (laughs) That wasn't really the case until I was (laughs) 16 years old. Um, And I started to fall in love with writing. And at the time, I always thought that my and career, like my final career in life would be as a fashion designer. And so when I was in high school, my best friend and I, we created a fashion blog and it was purely a passion project. Like we weren't trying to make money off of it. It was more so giving us a reason to use our creative juices and just like go shopping and have a reason, reason to spend money on clothes and yeah. take pictures and write blog posts. And what I learned from that, which we did for about two and a half years, was I loved having this thing outside of school and outside of my soccer practice and whatever, and just something that brought me joy. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I got into college, you know, there was a lot of change. I was making new friends, I was a lot busier. I just didn't have the same love for that blog as I once did. And I realized like, I was passionate about the entrepreneurial aspect of it and just having my own thing, but I never wanted to be a fashion blogger. I never cared to to be an influencer in that sense. So, okay. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stop that. It's no longer resonating. And so for about 8 months I was just, you know, going to school and like doing the normal thing, but I, that itch was back. Like I still wanted to have something on the side that I could just be creative with. Mm-hmm. And so I thought to myself, okay, like what else can I start? And at the time is when like Off-White by Virgil Abloh started popping off and like this whole yes. street style, big t-shirt, leather leggings, Kendall Jenner, Hailey Bieber vibe right. was, was big. But as a college student living in New York, I did not have four, uh, $400 to spend on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So my roommate and I were like, oh my God, let's create our own street style brand. And so that was my next entrepreneurial venture. And again, it was so much fun. Like we would go through the city and just take videos and pictures and I would create the social content and we would go to the different vendors and the screen printing shops. And it was so much fun. But again, it wasn't monetizing. And soon after I realized I don't want to be a fashion brand. I don't want to be designer. I don't want to have a t-shirt brand.
0: You're like been there, done that. Yeah. Like (laughs) it was funny
1: because I didn't learn the lesson from the blog. (laughs) (laughs) But it showed me like how much creativity lied within me that just was like itching to come out. And so after I stopped that T-shirt brand, I promised myself, okay, I know one day I'm going to have my own thing. But for now, let's just discover myself and let me just like enjoy my college experience. And the next thing I start, I want it to be a true deviation of what I hold here inside of my heart and my mind, and I will do nothing to steer away from that. Mm-hmm. So that was a promise that I, I kept for myself. Um, and fast forward to like the end of my college years, you know, when you're a senior and you're looking for a job and there's a lot of change and, you know, you're finishing this really big, exciting chapter of your life and you're entering a daunting one. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't in the best headspace, to be honest. Like I at the time I was having really bad social anxiety. I was really stressed. I didn't know what job I wanted to get. I didn't know like what my future held. There was a lot of unknowns that instead of feeling excitement for, I was feeling really anxious and stressed about. And Mm -hmm my friend recommended the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And for years, like I've had, I kind of should have mentioned this before, but I've had gut issues my entire life. And so when I was around 18, 19 years old, I really took my health into my own hands. And that's how I entered the world of holistic health and wellness and meditation and mindfulness. So that's a really big part of me growing up, especially Mm -hmm. during those like transformative years. And when my friend recommended me the book, The Power of Now, I remember reading it in like three days. And it's one of those books where I read it and I was like, how the hell was I living my life? And I can never go back to living in that way because the book teaches you what it means to be present and like how to control your thoughts and how the past doesn't exist and the future isn't here yet. And the only moment you truly ever have is the present moment. And for my senior year of college, I was basically feeling nostalgic for my past life. And I was scared of what my future life consisted of. And I just didn't want to be where my feet were. Like I didn't want to experience the the things that I was experiencing. And so that book was this like light switch. It was an awakening that my soul needed. And so for months, I was like on this high, right? Like I learned all this stuff from this book and now I was excited to go live my life and be present, whatever. And I did that for a few months. And in June of 2019, I started my first job coming out of college. It was actually my dream job. It was at my dream advertising agency. I had interned there the summer before, so I knew a lot of people. I was really excited. And about three months into it, I remember breaking down in my room. I came home at like 10 o'clock one night from work, and I was just like, this can't be it. Like, this is not the life that I ever imagined for myself. I am stressed 24-7. I feel like I'm just at the beck and call for my clients. The work isn't exciting me. I just, like, I'm not present again. And so I lost all of those learnings that I had had absorbed for a few months, and I just completely, like, forgot about it. Right. And... Two or three months later, my mom and I decided to go on a mother-daughter trip to Paris and Copenhagen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And during this time, I started to think about, okay, I'm not fully happy at my job, but, like, I need the money, obviously. I'm still young. I'm still trying to figure myself out. And there are things that I was I was learning from that job that, in retrospect, kind of helped me get to where I am today in terms of branding and design and all of that. Um, but when my mom and I took the trip to Paris and Copenhagen – I, it was the first like paid time off I've ever taken in my life, like as a full-time employee. So I was like, you know what? I am shutting my, I'm tr- I'm deleting the, the app, the email app off my phone. I'm not reading through anything. I'm not going to answer texts if my boss calls me or if I see anything online, like I'm fully unplugging and I deserve that. And I'm just going to be present in two beautiful cities with my mom. Mm -hmm. And so when I was in Paris and Copenhagen, it was like a breath of fresh air. I remember just, just like being where my feet were. Like I was just taking it all in, like just eating and drinking and shopping and walking around and going to museums and just feeling so blissful and joyful with my best friend. and. I had been to Paris many times before, but it was a very different experience. And I think it was because of my mindset and because of my age. Mm -hmm. And Copenhagen, it was my first time there. And I remember just feeling so mesmerized by the city because everyone there, what I noticed was like, I remember we were like walking around one day and I noticed how everyone was bike riding, which I thought was fascinating. And everyone was leaving their jobs around like three, four o'clock. And I was like, holy shit, like they're done with their work day. Yeah. And like in New York, that's like the peak of the work hours. So I remember on the flight back home, I felt so proud of myself for really just like being present. Like I wasn't thinking about what my life would be when I got back home. I wasn't thinking about what was happening in the background at work while I was away. I was just present living my best life. Yeah. And on the flight back home, I was reminiscing and reflecting on that. And I realized the reason why I had such a beautiful experience was because I was present, because Mm -hmm. I was open and experiencing these two cities and really making beautiful memories with my mom. And so I had this pivoting aha moment of like, okay, I don't know what I want to create entrepreneurial wise, but I know I want it to be rooted in this notion of being present. Yes. And so when I came back home, my advertising brain was switched back on and I was like, okay, well... I don't know what I want to create, but let me create a brand book. So I kind of just like get all my thoughts onto paper as to what I want to build. Mm -hmm. And so I like designed a brand guidelines, even though I don't even didn't even know what my brand was. (laughs) And I was thinking of like, okay, what do I want to name this so-called brand? And I thought I wanted to be obviously around this notion of being present, but I felt like the words here and now were just like so generic and it wouldn't have stuck. Right. So I was like, well, let me make a nod to the experience that I had in Paris and Copenhagen. And I studied French all throughout high school and college and I'm conversationally can speak it. So I was like, well, how about I do make like translate the words here and now in both French and Danish. So ECE is French Mm -hmm. and new is Danish for now. So that's where the essence of the brand came. And I knew that the the feeling that I wanted people to get out of my brand whenever they interacted it, interacted with it was like calm and peacefulness yeah. and balance. And so I thought to myself, what colors resonate with that? And I just naturally went back to earthly colors, like a forest green and like a light sand color. And I knew that I wanted to emphasize certain aspects of my brand. So when I created my font system I I added a few different fonts to allow for that flexibility. And essentially once I created this brand book, you know, COVID hit a few months later. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all had that moment during COVID where we were like what is our purpose in life and right. like what is important to us? We had
0: so much time to just sit with ourselves.
1: Exactly. And just like really be with ourselves and dissect like what we're feeling and we're thinking.
0: All there was was the present. It,
1: right exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was like it kind of just like forced you to be with yourself. And we mm-hmm. never really had that opportunity beforehand. We were all just like running from one thing to another. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, let me just create a mood board on Instagram and in like have a place where I could inspire myself and that's what it started off as you know i mm-hmm. created an instagram page called eca new and i was posting other people's pictures or work and it was kind of like my tumblr page essentially just on instagram mm-hmm. and then slowly i started to go back to all the poetry that i've written over the years and i was like why don't i just share my own work and i and i thought about that for years i just didn't feel ready or vulnerable enough to do so. But with COVID, I was like, like, screw it. Like, let me just put my stuff out there. And so I started to share my poetry and my essays, and it slowly got a lot of traction. And eventually it evolved into me creating an actual brand. And so I started to create digital products like phone backgrounds and a mindset guide and a discovery of the self e-journal. I also created some merch. Um, And essentially my brand is all just rooted around being present and helping people become a better version of their yesterday self through, and I do that through my words, through my imagery, through my stories, and etc. And now a podcast as well.
0: So many good things to talk about and so much to unpack. And I honestly can't believe the parallels between both of our stories. First, being that, like going back in time a little bit, when you said that you were in college and then you had your dream job, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is supposed to be it. And for me, that was when I moved to LA. And it's like, you bank your whole life, like you think you know who you are, right? And then something happens and you think you're fine. And then suddenly you have this breakdown. But I believe that when you have that breakdown, it's always the breakthrough. Also in the past was when you were given that book, the power of now. And for me, that book was a return to love by Marianne Williamson. Mm -hmm. And I think we all have these moments in our lives where we're given something by someone else and it's mind blowing. And it's so much to take in at first. And you're on this high after reading it. And you're like, my life is going to change. Right. But Mm -hmm. the thing that people don't realize is there's got to be an entire perspective shift in your mind to not only absorb that information, but then make it actionable in your life. Also, I think people think that when they read these things that tomorrow it's all going to happen for me and it's all going to get clear. A perfect example of this is how you created your mood board and you had this essence, you had this feeling of nostalgia and you knew what you wanted to create but it wasn't fully formed yet Mm -hmm. and it wasn't ready yet but little by little it grew and that's truly it's it's just so beautiful to me how you curated each little piece of it it's in essence you can you talk a little bit more about how you were able to shift that point of view because I always say you can look at your life through any lens you want and you know how they always say La and Rose looks through, mm-hmm. through rose colored lenses. Most people say it kind of in a joking way. I truly believe that you can choose how yeah. to look at your life. So how did you do that? How were you able to really shift that point of view from, from the beginning, from when you read The Power of Now to then kind of having this breakdown of, oh my God, I'm not happy. And then shifting that instead of going to the negative and staying in the old self. So many have a hard time getting rid of their old selves. Like you said, how you were nostalgic for your old self.
1: Yeah, and like, it's it's really interesting because the self that I was nostalgic for was my four-year-old self. And what I mean by that is, I my mom told me this story a few years ago and it, I still think about it from time to time. And it was, I was four years old, I was in the backseat of my mom's car going to school or something. And I guess I was just being a little brat in the back and misbehaving, and my mom turned around and was like, if you don't behave, no one's going to like you. And as a four year old, it's funny, like thinking that a parent would say that to a child uh-huh. but It was with nothing but love. And as a four year old, I responded back, I don't care if anyone likes me, I like me, and that's all that matters.
0: Oh my God your four and five-year-old selves are the wisest you there is
1: yeah like yeah. when my mom told me that I was just like oh my god like that's that's the me like that's the energy I had when I was four years old before the world told me what my energy should or could be yes and so when I was in that like low period of my life I realized that I'd given my power to all of these external forces, like Mm -hmm. whether it was my job or it was my friendships or it was my circumstances, or it was the city that I was in. And I had, and I detached from my essence, like who I was at my core. And so when I read the book, I was inspired and I was moved and it kind of just like shined a light on what I had let go of. Mm -hmm. But then, and I was on this high, right? Like I felt like I was reconnecting with my younger self. But then Mm -hmm. when I was back, when I started my job and I was miserable, I let the power from external forces get to me again.
0: But it's easy. It's so easy.
1: Oh my God. It's so easy to just like instantly be influenced and your entire perspective about yourself shifts in like, in literally a split second, that could happen. And it did happen for me. Right. What I realized was like, my old self or like my higher self is still in me. It's, it's there. I never let go of it. It's just the ability to reconnect with it and rediscover and and become that person again. And so it was just an aha moment where I was like, I know what kind of life I want to live. This isn't it. I know what kind of person I am and I'm not acting in accordance with that version of myself. I know what kind of mindset is inherent to me, and I've always been an optimistic, positive person growing up. And mm-hmm. I was just in a negative, shitty headspace looking at everything with like dark glasses, you know? Yes. So it was kind of like, I think to your point before of just like, think like things hit you when they need to hit you. Mm-hmm. And that to me was that pivotal moment. And it taught me that the person that I want to be or the life that I want to live is really not far out of reach. It's simply allowing myself to re-access it or to connect with it. And I had, had allowed external forces to build a wall between me and that lifestyle. And I just woke up and I was like, I don't want this. Like I can break that wall. Like it's, it's purely up to me. I do have the power to change that. And that's
0: where things shifted for me. I think What's so amazing about that is what happens is we were' all those loving little children at one point in our lives who knew what they wanted to do and what they wanted in their lives every single day. Mm-hmm. And how you said, you used to like lay, sit on the floor in your room and write and draw and just and just be you, the essence of you. And yeah. I used to lay in my in the grass in my backyard. And I'd look up at the sky and I would dream about what I wanted my life to look like. And I knew exactly what I wanted it to look like. Mm -hmm. And so for me also, after I had read A Return to Love, I realized I had to like look at myself and think, what does make me happy? Not what makes other people happy or what will make, you know, my industry, my agents happy in, in entertainment or whatever job. Yeah. Why, why am I here? Why, what choices did I make along the way that brought me here that initially at the root started as just wanting to be happy? We have this guilt surrounding happiness and enjoyment, how you talked about in Europe, people are presently enjoying life yeah. and mm-hmm. moment to moment. In America specifically, using your imagination, people stop using it because they think it's kind of childish, but your imagination is the root to all great ideas and all amazing things that you can create.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I love how you say that because, um, another book aside from, and I, I mentioned this a little bit before where I was never a reader growing up, but mm-hmm. when I was 16 years old is when I started to. And the reason and the book that ignited that passion of mine was actually The Little Prince by Saint Antoine de Zou- Exuberi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's a French book translated in I think like over 100 languages. Um, but the whole essence of the book is that when you're a child, you have all of this passion and drive and charisma and energy and and imagination. But when you grow up, the world teaches you that you shouldn't have any of those things. And you have to be a realist and you have to be practical and you have to get a job right. to pay the bills and etc
0: to make them feel better. To make them feel
1: better. Yeah. And it's like to follow the pattern that everyone else follows. The whole point of the book is like don't lose your childhood childhood imagination. Like reconnect with that with that self because that's what's going to set you apart. Because if you become an adult who's just like dreary and mundane, going through mundane routines and banal routines and stuff, you're doing a disservice to your your younger self because like you said I was dreaming when I was young. I remember like when I was designing my fashion line, whatever, like despite that not being what I'm, what my passion is now, like it just came from a pure source of joy and excitement. And that's what we all need to reconnect with. And it's funny because I don't know if you feel this way, but now I have been Like lately I find myself on the floor of my apartment writing or like doodling or I'll every time I go on a walk, I pass by this little playground and I'll just like open the little door to the playground area. And there's all these like parents and their kids. And I just walk over to the swing set and I just like go on the swing and I'm living my best for eight year old life. And it feels so good. And I notice when I'm like walking around, and I see these people just like running to their to the office or like doing the the standard thing, and I'm like, I wish you could. You probably just need to reconnect. Yeah, you need to see that that person that you once were is still within you.
0: It's interesting to me because when I started opening up to that childhood self again was actually like right when COVID hit, and all I was able to do was kind of walk around in my neighborhood like my childhood neighborhood when I came back home and I had been in the city for so long in LA and just doing like you said the mundane day-to-day things just trying to please everyone else around me that all of a sudden I like I don't know what hit me I don't know if it was because I had already read a couple of books the Marion Williamson books Wayne Dyer things like that were my It's like almost subconsciously you don't even realize you're changing, but you are.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: it's not forcing it. It's just letting it sit kind of within you peacefully. And I started to like walk by these flowers and I hadn't done photography in a long time, but it's something that I had loved. I was like, these are beautiful. And I started seeing the details of it. And now when I go on my walks, it's like the most blissful experience in the world. I turn on music and I can see a movie in my head. I can see mm. these things and it's was me. That was me as a child. Yeah. And it is the most beautiful thing. One thing I wanted to touch on was in the wellness space today in social media, it's becoming so popular to give gratitude and law of attraction and all of those things. But one thing I think that's missing is people in the social media space are saying things like you need to have gratitude in order to call things in. And in my mind, gratitude is synonymous with being present. Mm -hmm. It's synonymous with living right here and now, looking at that little kid playing and taking pure enjoyment out of a moment. And I think that is giving gratitude.
1: Yeah, that's I actually haven't thought of that the way you said it, but I I would agree with you. I think for me, like I, I have my five minute gratitude journal and I write specific things in there every morning. But I feel like lately, and and what actually started this was I had a really bad gut flare up and I got like a really unknown skin rash over a month and a half, like two months ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And it was actually like the lowest point in my health ever. And it was, it was the lowest point I've ever been in mentally and physically in my mm-hmm. life. But ironically, while I was in it, and I think this has a testament to the fact that I've been doing the work on myself for so many years and it just really paying off in that moment was even when I was struggling, even when I was on the floor of my apartment begging on my knees to God, like, please help me here. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, this sucks right now. Like, I can't not say that, but something beautiful is going to come out of this. And I trust and I believe in that. And one night I was just like praying for about like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, God, please just like, let me surrender. Open my heart. Just guide me in the right direction. Show me who to talk to. Show me where to go. Show me what to say. Mm -hmm. And I just surrendered. And that was around like mid-August, mid to end of August. Mm -hmm. And since then, I haven't had a low moment. And the reason for that. Is not that like my life has been perfect for the past month and a half? I've had no hardship hardships or like my health has been a like prime since then. No, that's not the case. I'm still struggling every day in that sense. But my mindset hasn't been low. It's been high, and the reason for that is anytime something happens to me, good or bad, I my mindset is just like this is what it is. Like I'm here. I either accept it as it is or I and I'm I'm present, and I find the the gratitude in this moment, and I see the light in this moment, or I could be here and be miserable and yearn for my past life or, Mm -hmm. you know, dream of what the future might hold. What's the point in that? Now I'm just like, whatever comes to me is meant for me and let me just be here with it. What you explained is like, my gratitude lately is not just like the three things that I write in my journal. Yeah, that helps me and it makes me you know, joyful every morning when I do it because it's a practice that I look forward to doing and it has brought value to me. But now I'm like grateful for when, you know, I run into a friend on the subway out of nowhere. I'm grateful when I meet a stranger at a coffee shop who sparked a conversation with me, who turned something on within me. You know, I'm grateful Mm. for the love that I'm experiencing and you know, the passion that resides in me and all the little things that people don't really notice unless you're present. Yeah. And so to your point, it's sync. It's syn. I'm not going to say I'm butchering the word. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't
0: say it. Um, they don't. synchronicity. Ex- yes, exactly. That's like, no, that was the word in my head. It's like s- these synchronistic moments. When you start leaving space for like those moments to show up in your present, it is the most incredible thing the chain reaction of moments and synchronicities that happen yeah it's insane and one being first of all was like i have um hashimoto's hypothyroidism which is an autoimmune disorder Mm -hmm. and i had a crazy mysterious rash about eight months ago all over my hands and it was also a time when i was very low and in that time I was able to look at it and be like, this is absolutely awful. But sh- it was almost like I said, show me then. Show me why I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. It's, someday I'm going to look back on this and it'll be a lesson.
1: Yeah. And
0: when you're out of it, you can see it for what it is and see it for like, most people when they have a, a tough season or a tough moment in their life, they are just continuously looking at it like a rat chasing their tail. It's so hard to see beyond that in the moment that if I continue to stay in this pattern, I'm just going to keep going back to that. You can be nostalgic for the old self, you know, but the old self is just going to bring more of what you have now. Yeah. One thing you mentioned, I had heard in one of your episodes also, and you kind of touched on this was, how you've been able to now honor those low moments and how they're not as long as they used to be for you, the Mm -hmm. lows. How do you leave space for them and actually allow them in? And also, I think you said, which I love, was almost look for them and kind of get excited about them because it's something to discover. That's a huge perspective shift. I mean, yeah, you know what it is? I think it's like,
1: when you spend time with yourself and and really like in solitude which is something that i have created so much space for in my life because mm-hmm. that's when i feel like i learn the most about myself and when i have these perspective shifts or revelations but what i one day i just like was thinking about all of the shitty moments in my life mm-hmm. and i did this little mental exercise i was like well if i took that page out of my chapter, would I be the version of myself that I am today who I'm really proud of and happy with? Probably not because I learned a really critical lesson from all of the low moments in my life and they brought me to where I am today. So a life devoid of those low moments would not have brought me the joy and the happiness and the self-assurance that I have now. So if that is the case, then why would I ever fear the low moments in my future? I know they're going to come. Of course they are. You can't live a life that's only a high because what are you comparing that high to? There's something to compare it to. Right. So now I'm just like, you know, it's life. It's human. That's our our human existence. We can't get away from that. You know, I'm I'm doing great right now. Probably in a few months, if we we talk again, there might be something else that I'm dealing with at the time. Mm -hmm. But... But I can either live my life being fearful of them or looking at them like, I'm going to learn something from that or I'm right. going to level up into a better version of myself because of that. I'm going to become stronger. I'm going to be wiser, etc. cetera. And so it's really important to have that realization because then you can live your life truly in the present moment surrendering to whatever comes to you and accepting each moment as it is Mm -hmm. and in terms of like shortening that bounce back rate which I talked in my episode was like when I was in college and I mentioned that I had really bad social anxiety and I was like really sad there was like a good four months where I just like was not happy like I would wake up and I hated my routine and I hated my life and what like I wasn't like fully depressed but I just was not who I was like I wasn't right. happy and it took me months like long long months to get out of that and now if I have a low moment it's like max one day and the next day I'm like all right we simmered in it I took the lesson from it I absorbed it like come on like now it's right. back to being the happy vibrant self that we know Karen that you are yeah um and I think that, and the, the way that I've been able to do that is is merely that perspective shift of like, it's a low moment, be there with it, absorb it, marinate in
0: it, learn what you need to learn, let go of what you need to let go of, and then move on. That goes back to our previous conditioning where like, when you were a kid, your teachers or whatever around you would be like, stop crying, stop crying, don't be upset, go play outside, be happy, like you're a kid, be happy. And so we were then conditioned to not leave space for our negative feelings. So now it's almost like we go into a fight or flight mode when we feel negativity or frustration or sadness or whatever it is, and we make it bigger than it is instead of being again present with it and saying, I'm going to let this pass through me because obviously it needs to right now. Yeah. And two things you said is going general and surrendering to it. Mm -hmm. not making it the end of the world it's part of your process it's part of your season in in the time in the moment when we diminish the meaning not that not saying that it doesn't mean something deeply to you but like when we diminish that this is the end of the world for me the way I'm feeling right now and go more general about things it frees up that anxiety and stress around the emotion
1: absolutely everything is energy so your negative thoughts that's energy inside of you that's stress that's anxiety that's tension and when yeah. you surrender you literally shed off that energy outside of you or you transform it into something positive that lights you up what I've learned is like The energy that's within us is the energy that's within us. We have the ability to transform that to our advantage or sit with it and and use it to our disadvantage, which are the negative emotions and the negative feelings. But I also it's interesting that you said about like when you were young and teachers told you not to cry. Mm -hmm. One thing about me is like I cannot cry in front of other people like I just feel cringy and awkward and I don't know I think it was just growing up like my parents anytime I would cry my parents would be like stop crying like Mm -hmm. get over it you know yeah um and it wasn't like a child to trauma type of thing my parents are beautiful souls but it was just that's how they were raised and and for a very long time I wouldn't allow myself to cry even in private which is like crazy and so I was holding on to that energy inside of me. And and over the years, I've like, when I mentioned how my bounce back rate is like a day now, if that in that day, I'm crying. Like I'm sitting in the shower, I'm Amen. putting on Bonnie there and like, I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm letting it go. And usually after I, I physically release those emotions, sometimes I'll scream. Sometimes I'll just like dance it out, whatever it is. I, I literally feel, Feel That transformation of energy inside of me. And that's usually the moment where I'm like, okay, time to get up time to switch time to get out of it. Yes, we need to allow ourselves to really feel those emotions. And that's Mm. what I mean by marinate. I'm not just saying like, if you're feeling heartbroken, and just like, I'm not saying just like sit on your couch and think about your former lover. And like, what went wrong? No, 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 it's like, why are you feeling this way? Where does this stem from? Is this, is this a trauma that you haven't healed? Is this something you haven't processed yet? Like, let's process it. Let's feel it. Get it out and then move on with your life.
0: There was a time when I was in LA and I was at my lowest and all I wanted to do was to be able to cry because there was so much sadness and resentment built up in me, but I couldn't. And I think it's mm-hmm. because I had buried it and shoved it down for so long. And I think yeah. a lot of people move through their lives thinking if I just keep pulling myself up by my bootstraps, shoving my emotions down, they will go away. But what they don't realize is just as you, you know, plant a seed in soil, mm-hmm. it grows. So mm-hmm. whatever you're planting within you is not just disappearing. It's just compounding and growing and growing and Maybe it started as some melancholy, but now it's turning into resentment and hatred and fear, which is the lowest vibrational emotion you can have.
1: Or it's like, it becomes the narrative and the story in which you live your life. The story of your life. But it's one that is not serving you. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of what that pivotal moment was for me when I was at my job. Miserable, miserable a few years ago was like, I was feeding, I was, subconsciously feeding into this narrative and this story. And I woke up and I was like, this isn't it. Like, this isn't the story that I want to attach myself to. I'm not just trying to work a nine to 9 PM for the rest of my life. Like, mm-hmm. let me cut the ties to that story. And let me, let me write a new script. Let me like write a new book, you know, of my life. And that's, that was the the pivotal moment. And I think we all have the opportunity to do that What we fail to do is trust ourselves enough to use our powers that is inherent to us in Mm -hmm. order to do so. We don't give ourselves the credit that we deserve. We don't trust ourselves. You don't have the beliefs in us. And that's why it's important to really sit with yourself in solitude and discover yourself so that you can let go of those limiting beliefs or change your mindset or change your perspective.
0: Right. And really ask yourself, what is me and and what isn't me? Am I getting this from my family conditioning or the story I've been telling myself? People create a story around their emotions. Like every emotion they have, they feel like there has to be some big reason for it. And I personally, for one, don't believe there has to always be a reason for it. It just needs to move through you.
1: I agree. Sometimes I'll be like, huh, I woke up today feeling a little sad. Huh, interesting. And then I'll just move on. But right. my past self would be like, wait, why do I feel so sad? Like, there must be a reason for this. Was it something someone said to me? Was it something I saw on social? Was it- And then you, know, you blame. And then I blame it, and then I'm like confused. And then I just like go into the spiral when really- It's just an emotion. Like I don't have to feed into it. And of course, there are certain emotions that do have a story attached to it. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. But not all of them are.